Matt, how did your guys handle the cold this week? Was it cold out there, Rob? <laughs> My hands are just, I can barely type. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like Green Bay to me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. So I'm a shower before bed guy. I don't like getting into bed in my nice, clean, comfy, cozy sheets unless I've, you know, I like feeling clean when I go to bed. That way I wake up feeling clean. I'm ready to start my day. I was in the shower before bed last night. I'm just pondering everything. It was a good time. Shower at the end of the day, right before you get to bed. Good time to ponder, go through things. And I was thinking about the Packers and the Niners, and I started to feel like I had a heavy backpack on. Have you ever walked to class with four or five big books in your backpack? Or maybe you're one of those people that works out with a weighted backpack. Normal running isn't hard enough for you. you got to load it up with weight. I mean, kudos to you if that's how you are. But, like, come on, let's take it easy. Leave some for the rest of us. I felt like I had weight sitting on my shoulders and on my chest. And after, like, excusing any, like, actual medical complications and issues, I must have realized this is because of the Packers. The Packers are doing this to me. This week, we're trying to go about our business knowing that there is a game on Saturday that is going to decide so many things. Not just our happiness and well-being as Packers fans and owners, but for the future of the team, for the legacy of this team. This Saturday is everything. And last night when I'm in the shower, I I, I felt it. I literally felt it. I thought maybe I, I'm having moderate to severe chest compressions or pain. I, I don't know. Do I need to call my doctor if symptoms persist? No, I think it's I think it's just the Packers. They're killing me slowly. So uh, let's get to Saturday. I'm, I'm ready to get on with this. I'm done with the waiting. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Two outstanding guests will be here tonight. Hunter Baumgart's going to be here at 4.30. If you don't know Hunter, I know our lacrosse audience knows Hunter really well. Maybe if you listen on The Zone in Madison or you listen on Sports Talk 105.1 in Eau Claire. Hunter used to be here in lacrosse on WKTY uh, as another voice, as another host. He was part of our local sports coverage, and now he's doing his thing at WJJQ up in Tomahawk and in Rhinelander. And he's covering all these games. And he's getting sound bites from Rogers about his toe. And he's traveling to all these events. He's seen the Bucks win the finals. He's going to Lambeau. And I see him covering all these games. And he's doing a great job on his show every week. From time to time, I will join his show. So I thought, you know what? Let's get Hunter. And we're going to kick around some takes. I'm going to hit him with some of my takes. I hope he throws some back at me. It'll be fun. That's coming up at 4.30. You can find him on Twitter. I want to make sure I read it to you correctly. That's what I thought. Hunter B on air. You can find him on Twitter there. And at 5.30... Per usual on Thursdays, we will speak with Mike Clemens. The talk and text line is 608-796-2558. You can tweet me, follow me, at Wisco Grant. As usual for Thursdays, it's not just Mike Clemens who is a Thursday afternoon staple at 5.30, but every Thursday at 4 o'clock, you know, you know the order of operations here. We step into, very classy, very swanky, NBA Lounge. I got my coffee today, actually. My coffee made it until 4 o'clock. I hit it with the microwave about 10 minutes ago. Hold on. Mm. Yep. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's good. There's no bitterness. There was not. There was not. It's smooth on the way down. There was no face or grimace. No, that was good. Okay, the NBA Lounge. Here are the rules, really quickly. If you don't know, if you're new here, every Thursday throughout the NBA season, we start the show. Ten to fifteen minutes. Just going over some topics from the NBA. 
I know a lot of people, they like the NBA. They watch it here and there. They certainly focus when the playoffs comes around. But who has the time in January and in February to watch regular season games? Well, I do. Okay? And I love it. So throughout the week, I'm jotting things down. I'm putting together three or four bullet points. And then on Thursday, this is how we start the show. And now you know we've built up this routine. So if the NBA isn't your thing, you could skip it. Or you could just hang out. The NBA is your thing. You love it. And if it's not, well, we're done in about 12 minutes. So just be patient. I promise we'll get to the Packers before too long. Last night. I want to start with last night. There were 13 games last night. Some of them were interesting. The Pacers beating the Lakers. That's funny. Houston was a 14-point dog to Utah. The Rockets won. That's funny. The Celtics lost to Charlotte. I have nothing specific to say about the Celtics and Lakers losing. It's just funny when they lose. My Kings, who play my Bucks. Day after tomorrow, Saturday night, Pride Night at Vicer. Woo! I'll be there. Kings got 35 from Terrence Davis and still lost to the Pistons at home. How? 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 How does that happen? In what world does that make sense? The Sadiq Bay game. Because, of course. Because, of course. The crown gem of the night last night, and it was luckily on ESPN. It was the late game. The Nuggets beat the Clippers 131-28 in overtime. I'm going to be honest with you. And maybe you've surmised this if you listen to the show. I don't really love watching Denver. They're not one of my favorite teams to throw on, whether they're nationally televised or whether I got to dial them up on League Pass or some stream. I, I don't really like watching Denver. Jokic is fun to watch. But other than Jokic, no Jamal Murray. He's hurt. No Mark, Michael Porter Jr. He's out. Composto's fun, I guess. But I'm not rushing my TV to watch the Nuggets. But last night, it was about the Nuggets. It was about Jokic. He was... The show. He was the entire show. 49-14-10. He had three steals, too. And down the stretch, especially in overtime, he just took over. He had 11 points in overtime, but he literally put his fingerprints on every possession, every positive play for the Nuggets. As a big, almost playing the point guard role from the post or from the high post, or yes, even on the perimeter, too. He's averaging so far this season 25-14-7 and in 33 minutes a game. His plus-minus is an all-time NBA high. All-time NBA history. His average is at plus-14 right now. And his true shooting percentage is tops in the league, 63.5%. And it's mind-bobbling, bobbling, when you consider his usage rate. So Nikola Jokic has a slightly better true shooting percentage than LeBron, slightly better than KD, a little bit better than Giannis, Levine, Embiid, Curry. So Curry's at 59%. Levine 61, Giannis 61, and then we make our way up to Nikola Jokic, who's best in the league at 63.6. The usage rate is mind-blowing, though, because Nikola Jokic has higher usage rate than LeBron, Kevin Durant, Zach Levine, Steph Curry. The only other players in this batch of high usage rate, high true shooting is Embiid. That makes sense. They don't really have anyone else. And Giannis, that's just kind of how the Bucs play. Really impressive from Jokic. He's actually doing better this year than last year when he won his MVP. And I'm not a huge Jokic fan. I'm not a huge Nuggets fan. But I loved that game last night because to me, that solidified Jokic as the MVP. It was kind of a weird year last year. We didn't really feel like there was one perfect MVP candidate. Jokic kind of won it by default. And I'm not saying that games this year are proving that decision to be correct. What I'm saying is... Knowing that Jokic won an MVP, I like seeing him have games like that because that that locks it in in my mind. Oh, yeah, that guy won an MVP. He's so brilliant. Look at that. You know, whereas in 10 years, you know, you have to explain to your kids, yeah, Nikola Jokic, that guy, who's that? Yeah, he won an MVP one time. I I don't think that's what's going to happen here. Like Peyton Hillis. Yeah, he was on the cover of Madden one time. Weird, right? 
So that's the Nuggets. Jokic, that was fun last night. I want to talk about two teams that aren't playing so well. Bulls and the Warriors. And it's, of course, relative because the Bulls are the number one seed in the East. The Warriors are the number two seed in the West. But both teams are 500 in their last 10 games, and they've been losing more than they've been winning. They've come off this really hot pace uh, with which they started the year. And it would be easy to say that the Bulls and the Warriors, well, they were always going to come back down to earth. They were never going to maintain that. But whining about regression, that's that's why people hate the analytics crowd. It's because they always want to rain on somebody's parade. If there's a player that's outperforming expectations, the analytics crowd has to then step in and say, yeah, but it won't last, which it won't. But like, you don't need to say it. Like, let us just enjoy the player who's outperforming expectations, right? And I guess regression always does come. I think of Case Keenum in 2017, he plays brilliantly or so we think all season. And then all of a sudden regression hits like a truck against the Eagles in the NFC championship game. Pick six, just a really bad game. So I'm not going to make this about regression, but let's talk about these two teams and why they're struggling. First of all, with Golden State, this is weird to say, the very player that powered them to the one seed is now the player that's holding them back a little bit. Steph isn't playing well. We just talked about true shooting percentage a little bit. He's down below 60% for the first time since 2012. The last time Steph Curry's true shooting dropped below 60. He still has a great impact, right? Every player on the court is better with him than without him. Like if you look at the plus minus, you look at the efficiency rating, Jordan Poole and Juan Toscano-Anderson, all these players are better versions of themselves, more effective when Curry's on the floor with them. The problem is for this Warriors team to win a title, and I get that's a, a problem of the first class. Well, can they win a title? Well, you know, that's only what the upper, upper class of the NBA thinks about. So you think of it as a problem or as a privilege or whatever. But here's the rub, let's say, with the Golden State Warriors. With Kevin Durant not in the picture, they need Curry to be a super duper star. They can't have his shooting ebb and flow. He can't go through cold stretches in the playoffs. They need him to be good throughout. And he did that in 14. He did it almost in 15, 16. He's going to need to do it again because Kevin Durant isn't going to be there to be kind of the the takeover guy when nothing else is working. That's going to have to be Curry. And right now he's not playing well enough. He doesn't fit that mold. I want to talk about the Bulls really quickly. Again, it would be cheap to say that DeRozan and Levine can't keep this up all year. This isn't really them. They're not really this good. Maybe they can keep it up for a full year. Maybe they could do it for two years or, or maybe they're about to drop off. I, I don't know. But now the issue is they're injured. Levine's got a tweaked knee. He's not going to play in Milwaukee tomorrow night. He's not going to play this weekend. And Lonzo is now out. I thought I saw four to six, but then this afternoon I saw six to eight. He had orthoscopic knee surgery. So much of the NBA is health. And Lonzo's missed games throughout the course of his career. Obviously, Levine has two. Levine's had some bad injuries. And it's not to say that one ACL tear completely you know, d- dictates the rest of your career. Like Kevin Durant blew his Achilles and the last two years has been amazing. Now he's going to miss some time, which is a bummer. That really sucks. So much of the NBA is health. Look at Harden. Can't quite get right. Kyrie, a lot of times when his teams have needed him most, he hasn't been right for one reason or another. This is a reason to appreciate Giannis, who doesn't knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood. You hear that? Who doesn't really get hurt. And Chris Middleton, who I think is a shooting guard, is in a league of his own. I, I know he's more of a wing or a forward. I, I also think of him as a two, an oversized two. You compare him to Bradley Beal. Can't really defend, always gets hurt. Right? Clay Thompson's been injured, another shooting guard around the league. And I know Chris doesn't exactly fit that mold, but offensively, that's how I like to think of him. Chris is 6'8", he's strong, he can defend multiple positions, he plays as many minutes as you need, and he's always healthy, he's always available. It's really, really important. 
something to remember when you compare the Bulls to a team like the Bucks. Sometimes it's just about who stays healthier. Bucks have been pretty good at that down the stretch the last few years. A quick update on Ben Simmons because it wouldn't be NBA Lounge without at least touching this for a minute or two. Remember last week we heard from Woj that the price is going to go up. Philly's actually asking for more. Price is getting higher. From a numbers perspective, I get what Daryl is doing. If there's not a deal that they like right now, fine. It's not like the deals are going to get worse necessarily. Maybe they could. They're also probably not going to get better. So I'm beginning to wonder what Daryl Morey is actually scheming here. Because Joel Embiid is playing insanely well. And Joel Embiid, I don't know if this is insensitive, probably not a player that should be bet on for longevity and good health for years and years and years into the future. I don't know how many great years like this you're going to get out of Embiid. Hopefully it's the next 10, but I think more realistically, it's probably three. Assuming he doesn't have some big injury where he misses a season or lots of time. I hate that Philly's wasting. Well, I love it because they're rival the Bucks, but Joel Embiid needs some help. Get him help. His knees. And Daryl Morey's balking at all these offers. My Kings offered Buddy Heald, who was, he was terrible last night. Halliburton, Barnes, two first rounders for Simmons, Harris, and Thibel. I, I mean, sure, maybe, you want, maybe you're waiting to be blown away, Daryl Morey. I don't think you're going to get blown away. All right, the Hawks offered John Collins, Cam Reddish, and a first for Simmons and Harris. But I read that report. Those talks broke down because Tobias Harris was too much. I was like, too much for who? Because if the Sixers were like, nah, we ain't giving up Tobias Harris. The hell you are. Get him out of town now. That's a terrible contract. I forget that man's in the league. I forget Tobias Harris is in the league. And I'm hosting a segment called NBA Lounge. If me, who hosts this segment, forgets about Tobias Harris, who's getting paid a lot of money, I don't know. Maybe, maybe get him out if he can. Maybe we'll talk about this more next week. Maybe not. I don't know. If there's ever anything interesting or if there's an update on this, I'll touch it. Otherwise, I'll kind of let it go because it's been a thing kind of like the Aaron Rodgers saga all the way back to the summer. All right. Lastly, a Bucks thing. Uh, this is more of a fun thing. The Bucks beat the Grizzlies last night. It's great. Drew Holiday came back. The Bucks are now 17 and three on the season when Middleton, Holiday and Giannis all play together. Giannis is great. He did a little bit of everything close to a triple double. I mean, it's very typical run of the mill. Bucks win. Going into this game yesterday, there was a clip from first tra- first take. Excuse me. They got trending. Trending. First trending. First take. First take. Gotcha. Sells seashells by the seashore. So Stephen A on first take was asked, would you rather take John Moran or Giannis to build a team around? Which is kind of bizarre, but whatever. I'll play along. And I might go with John. I think it's a discussion. Giannis is Giannis. And I get that. And he's the reigning finals MVP, reigning champion. He's a former league MVP, defensive player of the year. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I get all of that. Giannis is Giannis. But we don't know what the hell y'all going to be. And I'm telling y'all right now, I got John Moran as a top two, top three MVP candidate right now. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right yeah. in that conversation with Giannis, I'm going to throw Joel Embiid in there. Kevin Durant, obviously, and Steph Curry. Kevin Durant is going because of the injury. I had him at number one. You were right. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, you know, fell off a little bit, but he could come back. But John Morant right now? Look, I know Giannis is going to he's going to dominate everybody that's smaller and weaker. I get that. But what John Morant can do? Lord have mercy. I, I got to tell you, I, I can't sit up there and definitively say I'd rather have Giannis and come play. Up so this moment. clip made me think of a scene from Family Guy where it's like, well, Giannis is great. Yeah, but 
what could Ja become one day? Maybe Ja could be as good as Giannis. It made me think of this clip from Family Guy when Peter and Lois are offered a choice. You have a choice. You can have the boat or the mystery box. What, are you crazy? We'll take the boat. No, 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 not so fast, Lois. A boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, Ja might win multiple MVPs and win a finals MVP one day. Oh, Giannis already did all those things. That's right. Maybe we should go with that. Whatever. It's crappy sports TV. I got a kick out of that, and I wanted to reference Family Guy. Sue me. Let's take a break. We'll get into the Packers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills tweet me at wisco grant hunter Baumgart is going to be here from wjjq up in the Northwoods. hunter's been covering all these games been having packers guests on my show his show this week was what i wanted my show to be except nobody got back to me i had up a couple packers beat members and i'd like to think i'm considerate hey you know i understand it's busy it's the playoffs you have five minutes for your boy no no but next week, I got high hopes. I already got a couple leads on guests for next week. So stay tuned. If the Packers lose this weekend, and I gotta and I gotta talk to Packers guests next week about legacy stuff and what went wrong, I'm gonna be pissed. You know, apart from my favorite team losing. The professional grant's gonna be upset, not just uh fan grant. What was I how did we start on this? Yeah, Hunter Baumgart's gonna be here. Uh we'll speak with him here in about 10 minutes. Mike Clemens in about an hour and a half. Today, I turned a little bit of a page with this Packers-Niners game. Because up until today, I think I was kind of indifferent. I think I was I think I was very passive with how I was approaching this game, how I was talking about it, and how I was thinking about it. And, and maybe that was reflected in the show, or maybe you've heard something different. But the way that I felt, and I think the way I've been coming across, been very passive. Like, look, eh, everyone's saying that the 49ers are hot. You know, let them say that. Oh, 49ers are a bad matchup. That's what we keep hearing. Whatever. Right? All these teams are good. It's just very, very passive. Nothing's really triggering me one way or another. I was just very on kilter. Today, I think I got pushed over the edge a little bit. And I don't know if you know. I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if you've heard. But the Niners, they have this guy. And this is breaking news today. I didn't know this. They have this guy named Debo Samuel. He lines up everywhere. They play him at wide receiver and at running back. It's like they invented a new brand of football. All I see on Twitter today and all I see on TV and radio is Debo, 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 Debo. The way that people talk about Debo and the Niners versus the Packers, you'd think we're so boned. you think we don't have a chance because the Niners have Debo Samuel. Debo, Debo. I, and I like Debo. I think he's very good. But this is getting absurd, and it's frustrating me. I turned on Good Morning Football this morning, Peter Schrager. I like the show. And he's ranting about if this. They, lose, like, they might lose, and Monday we've got a better senior take. By the way. I think he's saying the Packers could lose. The Packers might lose. That's where he's starting here. If they lose, like they might lose, and Monday we got better senior takes for Monday because we'll be coming with them. And I, I'll say this: um, if they lose, it's going to be because they just got their butts whipped by Debo Samuel and that offense. And that's how I see this going down. If the 49ers find a way to win, it's because Debo was able to find a way. And you know, as much as we talk about the great defense that the Packers have had of late, like. 
Their linebackers, Devondre Campbell, those guys, like, they better be ready. I can see Debo Samuel just ruining this entire season for the Packers, and that's the only way, I think. It's going to be the Debo Samuel game. You know, th- this sucks. It's the same with the John Morant thing we talked about about 10 minutes ago. Like, I really like Ja. Ja's really good. I think I'd take him over Giannis. It's like, well, now you ruined it. <laughs> now you've ruined it. We were enjoying Ja. We were having a great conversation about a really exciting young player that's really uplifted his team. And then you got to go say something stupid like that. And now and now I got to rip on Ja. You know, don't do that to me. Don't put me in that spot. And it's the same with Debo. Debo is very good. But some of this stuff is just absurd. And it's tilting me. It's frustrating me. I don't know who needs to hear this. I don't think Packers fans need to hear this, but I think everybody else does. Devontae Adams is way better than Debo Samuel. Way better. Way better. He's the most valuable wide receiver in war last year, according to Pro Football Focus. That's all sorts of records. He can get open against any coverage. He can run any route. He can line up anywhere. We know this. We've talked about this. Why, why, Why do we shove this under the fridge just to go on and on and on and wax poetic about Debo Samuel? I don't get it. This is a game, Saturday, that includes the 2020 version of Devontae Adams, which is Supernova, and the 2020 version of the San Francisco secondary, which is a garbage fire. What are we missing here? I like Debo too, and he's a fun player. But we, th- th- this is like this is what this is like. Imagine going to the the 1997 NBA Finals. You got your your Bulls, your Jazz. This is the flu game series, right? The Bulls win in six. Imagine in the lead up to that game six. Everyone on radio and everyone on TV and all the fans, not talking about Jordan or Malone or Pippen or Phil Jackson, but everyone's saying, you know what? I don't know if anyone's saying this, but I'd, I would watch out for this Jeff Hornacek guy. Like he, Hornacek is, he, he's going to ruin the Bulls season. He, I, I'm not saying if they, they might lose. They might lose. If they lose, I think it's because Jeff Hornacek is going to bring it all crashing down. It's like, well, we're missing really the point here. Debo's great. And he lines up at running back and at wide receiver. You know who else did? Ty Montgomery. This isn't that insane. Finally, a coach was smart enough to not put his really, really special talented player in a box of either wide receiver or running back, but said, why not both? Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that great? That's excellent. And and that's something we should celebrate and enjoy. But that's all anyone's talking about this week. And it tilts me. The idea that this game will be shaped by the 49ers offense dominating the Green Bay defense? I, I mean, I guess, I guess I guess that could happen, yeah. This guy could wake up tomorrow and the sky could be yellow and the sun could be blue. Like if I, I sure, anything's possible. If I had wheels, I'd be a wagon, like, sure. But I don't know why we're choosing to focus on this specifically. When we talk about sports or we bet games or we pick games, we're supposed to go with what we think is likely, what we think is probable. The idea that Debo trashing this game is more likely than Devontae Adams going for 20 catches like he did against the Niners in week three. I just, I, I feel like we're missing the point. And that's something I want to talk about more as the show goes on. We got to take a break. We're going to get connected with Hunter Baumgart from WJJQ. Talk Packers Niners with Hunter coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, give me a text, 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Mike Clemens is going to be here in an hour. I, I think I started to get frustrated about this game today. All week, I'd been passive. I'd been very 
go with the flow. But today I just started seeing a couple things on Twitter and on TV. And I'm just, you know what? I, I've had it up to here. The Debo thing is making me mad, right? The Shanahan thing is making me mad. Now I'm, I'm getting a little restless. So I think I'm a little bit more antsy. Some of my takes are a little bit more frustrated today. Our next guest, never frustrated, always professional, always positive. That's Hunter Baumgart, WJJQ. Hunter, welcome first. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Are long you time. first time, long time? Yeah, that's right. So this is the yeah. first time it's been a long time. Are you covering mm-hmm. the game on? Are you going to Lambeau on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday night? I am. I am. I'm uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be cold, but, you know, a perks to covering the game press box. So yeah. I'm going to be heated. <laughs> oh, do they have the food. And so I I'm going to the Bucks yeah. game on Saturday. So I'm handling that journalistic responsibility. You know, everyone's focused on Green Bay. I'm going to slide in and yeah. I'm going to cover Bucks Kings. It's Pride Night, so I'm going to get a pair of socks. So it's not all for nothing. Um, but yeah, I will not be at the Packer game. Did you do all home games? I swear you did most of them this year, right? I did about half. I did about okay. half the home games because it was the first time here at WJJQ that we've uh, that we've been uh, cr- you know credentialed for the Packers. So they were like, you know, let's do a certain amount of games and then uh, doing this one and hopefully an NFC Championship game. God, that would be cool. I they can't lose this weekend. Just I nope. and I've said this like. For my personal reasons as a fan, I won't allow my mind to go there. But also, like, for the sake of hosting the show, it'd be like the Brewers. We build up all year to the playoffs. We get hyped about it. We think about, you know, how's this player going to go in the playoffs? How's this all going to work? And then we get to the playoffs, and it's done like that. Like, it would be a huge letdown as a fan, yes, but also, like, for the sake of conversation, takes, and and things that I do on the show. I was wondering, when you first knew that it was going to be Packers-Niners last weekend— and that crystallized in our mind, and you started thinking about that game. Where did your mind go first? Like, what was your first take right when we knew what this matchup was going to be? Um, that they are the second uh, second biggest threat to the Packers left in the playoffs, I think, to the Buccaneers. I think yeah. the 49ers are the second biggest threat. I think they're more of a threat than the Rams. Um, and... So, you know, there's only four teams left, so second is not wild. But they're a sixth seed, and so you've said, oh, it's one against six. The Packers should win. Well, I think just the way the 49ers play is not necessarily advantageous to the Green Bay Packers. I think, you know, if Matthew Stafford, you know, came here this weekend or if Matthew Stafford and the Rams come here next weekend, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a different story because I, it, I think we saw exactly why in that first meeting. And I think – but I think this is – and Garoppolo can, you know, he's – he's will throw you a few interceptions as well, and yeah. he's not, you know – my, you know, he's not the, the greatest either, but I think it's just obviously my first take is there's the second biggest threat to the Packers, but also you think back to 2012, you think back to 2013, you think back yeah. to 2019, and I know none of those teams are the team that's going to, you know, come out on Saturday night and play here on January, what, 23rd or whatever on 2020, in 2022, but I think it's just, it's just human nature to think about that and think about what happened in the past and try to equate it to now and see if there's any, but I think there's tons of differences, you know, in the past. And I think this is, you, you mentioned they have to win. This is, this is Super Bowl or bust to the highest degree. Like oh, yeah. I, I cannot think of a time of a team that is more Super Bowl or bust than this year's green Bay Packers, especially in, in Wisconsin sports. And it's, it's win this year or else, and and who knows where we go after this. So, you, 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 like you said, you have to win Sunday. I, I feel it physically. Like last night, and I tweeted this today, and it's also kind of a joke, but also like when I get in my own head, I also had like a brandy or two last night with a friend, so maybe that's what I was feeling. But like I could feel, like it's like, man, I it's it, there's a stress. It's like I'm wearing a heavy backpack knowing that this game is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you mentioned that the Niners were a tough matchup, and I think they are. I think Tampa's their own thing. 
I think I've said that on this show for like a month. Tampa is the number one threat to the Packers. Almost Set them to the side, and mm-hmm. then we can talk about everybody else. The funny thing that gets me is the Niners are the biggest threat. They're a bad matchup for the Packers. They're hot. And this game still opened at five and a half. And now it's Packers minus six. Like that mm-hmm. shows us something, right? That even though the Niners are maybe set up as a tough matchup, the Packers are still that much better, right? And I think Packers fans who were nervous, we're worrying, but we need to remind ourselves of that. They are. They are the better team. Exactly. Because you need to remind yourself of that because they're the one seed. They're the ones that went 13 and four. They didn't go 10 and seven. They didn't get an interception over time to get to the postseason like San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco could have missed the playoffs. They pick off Matthew Stafford on a deep ball in overtime. Otherwise, who knows? I mean, the 49ers might even have not made a, made the playoffs, which I personally <laughs> was like hoping for because I was like, hey, if, if the Eagles and the Saints can you know, be the wildcard team, Great. You know, then you probably have L.A. coming to coming to Lambeau this weekend. But yeah, you're 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 right. I mean, it's just they they have a better team. I think this team is better than 2019. This talking about this Packers team. I think this team is better than 2019. I think this team is better than last year. This defense is better. They're getting playmakers back, and that's why this team has to win. And that's that's why this team should win. I mean, I if and and I predicted the game last night. I, I you know how much I, I don't love to predict scores all the time because it's no. like what, what's really going to happen. What's the I mean, point? Yeah, but I, I know where you're coming from. But I did. Pre- I predicted 33-24 Packers because I think the 49ers are going to get points on the board, but I think the Packers' offense is just that good. And the way that Green Bay scored 30 in the first meeting between these two in California, I think this is just you know having having this game at home, having it in front of the home fans is going to you know add. I had Andy Herman on last night, and he's just like, this team's going to come out like a buzzsaw in the first half. Like, I hope. He, just, he thinks, yeah, I hope so, too. But he's like, the energy especially. Whether they turn it into points, who knows? But I think this team's going to have so much energy behind them, and that is why I think, you know, you add that on top of a really good team, I think you get a win. So you just hit a bunch. We're talking with Hunter Baumgart, WJJQ. I want to address a couple things you said. Let's start at the very end. You said the offense and this team coming out like a buzzsaw. I hope. You know, if we look back to the 2016 NFC Championship game, the 2019, right, they've been slow starting in these games. They're consistently down 7-0, 10-0. My take since Monday, and I, it's kind of basic, but it's kind of been my take, and it's going to be my take all the way through Saturday. If Rodgers shows up from the first play and Matt LaFleur shows up and is on his game from the first play, I think everything else is secondary in this game. Packers might give up some points. Maybe they have a special teams issue Maybe they have some bad penalties, some rust. But if Rodgers and Lafleur show up from the first play and they're on, I, I think everything else is just noise. I, I think that's all that matters in this game. I agree. And, and and it's, you know, we look back at Rodgers in the playoffs and, you know, he's lost all these NFC Championship games. He hasn't gotten back to the Super Bowl. It's not like he's had bad games necessarily. There's been a two, where, there's been a couple maybe where he hasn't, you know, played that good. But it's not like he's just been awful and lost the game for this team. Mm-hmm. But he has to be the Rodgers that we saw every single week since like week four of this season, right? Week one was awful. He was slow, a little slow out of getting, getting out of the gates this year. And I think he didn't really turn that MVP conversation on until like halfway through the year. But I think the opposite, by the way, of the opposite of Russell Wilson, like a very inverse Russell Wilson season where you wait until week six to really start making your MVP charge. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. And so, so, and, and Aaron Rodgers really turned it on after really after he got COVID. I mean, that, that stretch when he, you know, from that Seattle game, he didn't play that well. But then after that, really all the way until the end of the season, if that Aaron Rodgers comes out and plays like that on Saturday night, the Packers are going to be just fine. It's just that sometimes he goes back to, you know, he's like above, 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 above average quarterback. Mm -hmm. So if he goes down to above, above average, 
like he has maybe against the Buccaneers last year or in, in NFC title games in the past where the Packers have lost, that's where the Packers get in trouble. Yeah. But if he plays that above, 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 add as many aboves as you want, if he plays like that, like we've seen the last half of the season, then exactly, then nothing else is going to matter because they're just going to put a bunch of points up on the board. And I think Matt LaFleur is also, you bring up that point you know, quickly, I think Matt LaFleur, he has to be on his game. We remember after that NFC Championship game last year, he said, I wasn't on my A game. There's yeah. things that, you know, he, it was right after. It's not like he had gone back into the film and said, oh, I should have no, done knew. this, should have done that. It was, I wasn't on my A game. He, he has to be, because he's a weapon for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he's a really good coach. I mean, he's won the most out of three seasons ever. He's a really good coach. And so he needs to be, not not get lost in the moment. Like I think he has the last couple of years in those losses and specifically this weekend. And if they make it to the NFC championship game, he has to be on his game. Well, and I think he's better than Kyle Shanahan as a tactician, right? It's the third quarter. There's this much clock left. It's fourth and one run this yard line. What should I do? I trust Matt LaFleur to make the correct decision in that instance, way more than Kyle Shanahan. Now is Kyle Shanahan a better offensive schemer? Is he a better play caller? Maybe, but when things are this close, and teams are so evenly matched and it's the playoffs. You need to be able to make those little decisions that pay big dividends towards the end of the game. That's why, like that McCarthy game on Sunday, right? That That's the perfect example. Little dumb errors here and there. And then at the end of the game, you're left looking back and you're like, oh my God, right? If you just avoid one of those mistakes, you end up being fine. I, that's what I like about Matt LaFleur. I want to ask you about Devontae Adams because as I've watched sports TV and listened to sports radio this week, and I know you do too, all I hear about is Debo. Debo's going to blow up this game. Packers can't stop Debo. And I'm sure Debo's great. I really like Debo. But the 49ers don't have a hope and a prayer of stopping Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the most powerful, I think, individual outside of a quarterback. The way he could take over a game. You can move him around. You can use him to target different soft spots on the defense. Just I, I feel like we're really missing the boat conversation-wise this week by obsessing over Debo and forgetting about Devontae Adams. Right? I think we're obsessing over Debo because we've seen that type of player hurt the Packers in the past. And Ty I think- Montgomery. Yeah, oh, right. for, for opposing teams have hurt the for opposing team. Uh, yeah, those yeah. dynamic players that can get out of the backfield, whether it's a mobile quarterback, mm-hmm. whether it's Raheem Mostert, you know, some of these different San Francisco guys, you know, Kaepernick, some of these guys who can, who could are just dynamic, can throw the ball, can, you know, in his case, catch the ball and run the ball. I think that scares Packers fans a little bit, but I think, you know, you're right. Devontae Adams, he had 12 catches, 132 yards in that first, in that first game. I mean, it's a monster. That's, that's a monster game back in week three. He had like just shy of, I think it was like 35, 36% of all the targets, period, in that game. And we also forget that was the game where he got lit up in the fourth quarter with a hit to the head and then came back like three minutes later. We can argue like whether or not he should have come back, but we don't need to get into a, like a personal responsibility. You know, my my choice, my my thing. We don't need to, we don't need to get into that. We're talking with Hunter Baumgart, WJJQ. We got time for one more thing. What's one thing that we haven't hit so far, do you think? And I'm I'm the host who's now going to put the pressure on you, the guest, to, <laughs> to close this interview. I'm trying to think, would it be Joe Barry's defense? Would it be special teams? What's the one thing that you think we still need to touch on with this game to be, like, prepared? If this is the, the last time we get to talk about this. I think it's going to be fascinating who plays and who doesn't because it's all yeah. up in the air right now because you have – you have MBS who's doubtful, but then you have Bakhtiari who's questionable. Is Zadarius Smith going to be activated? Is Whitney Merciless going to be activated? I mean, Merciless, it looks like, would be, but that's a 3 o'clock deadline tomorrow. You know, is is uh, Jair Alexander, he's going to be questionable. All these guys um, who are huge parts to this team now, and how much will they play, right? If they're activated, really, how much run will they get in the game? I think that's going to be interesting. And I think it's, it's partly because 
the the good thing about the players that are coming back and you worry maybe about rust or you worry about, you know, them not gelling with the players who have played week, week in and week out throughout the season. But I think you, 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 you think back to who these guys are, they're veteran players. So I'm sure. not as worried at, you know, than a rookie maybe coming back and, and being thrust into a divisional round playoff game when they haven't played in 10 weeks. Like some of these guys, I'm not as worried about that with Z Smith or Jair Alexander or some of these guys who've had experience in the playoffs, David Bakhtiari, who've been there, done that, um, you know, maybe not gelling as much, but I think it's going to be fascinating because it sounds like a lot of these are going to be, you know, Friday, Saturday morning decisions, and they could have a real impact on this game. I, now, some of those players you mentioned, Zedaria Smith, Jair Alexander, and, and I mentioned this, I had Perry Goldstein on yesterday, and, and some of these players you can work in on a rotational basis, right? Mm-hmm. We can mix Jair in depending on the play and the coverage, and same with Zedaria Smith and Merciless. Like, that's great. Rotational pass rush, you can keep everyone fresh. I don't know how this is going to work with Bakhtiari because you don't want to, I mean, or, or I don't know. I'm not an offensive line coach, but conventional wisdom would state you want the same offensive line. You don't want to be mixing guys in and out. Is it a situation where Bakhtiari could be 70% of the way good to go, but they let him sit this weekend just because, you know what I mean? Like It's yeah. messy with a left tackle position versus some of these other positions where you can rotate guys in a little bit more easily. And to be honest, the offensive line has played decently throughout the season. So we'll yeah. face pass, you know, talk about a 49ers pass rush and, and Nick Bosa is another guy on the other side who would be fascinating to see if he plays and gets out of concussion protocol. But you look at the pass rush and the Packers have been able to handle the 49ers pass rush in week three, the Steelers pass rush, the Rams pass rush. I mean, they've faced their good their share of good pass rushes this year. And with a beat up offensive line, they've been able to be just fine. And Billy Turner was out there for most of those and he's back. So they said he's going to play today so that's huge so i think i'm okay with bakhtiari not playing you obviously want him out there but but it's it yeah i i don't know how you know if he's going to be 100 percent. and like you said you can't really rotate i mean if you say let's save him for the fourth quarter i mean i, I like it there's nothing really you can do there or you just bank on being up by so much that he only has to play the first three quarters and right. then you could pull him out like that would be the dream i, I don't know that we're going to be that lucky this weekend i, I think the Packers are going to win i that would be the dream scenario i don't know if we'll get treated to that well Enjoy the game. I will. Uh, I will send you updates and reports from the Bucks game, just so I make sure you're you. you're kept abreast on on that stuff. I appreciate your time, man, and and enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah, I must know what's going on at Feister <laughs> Forum on a middle of January game when the Packers have a Super Bowl or bust season like none other before. But oh, please yeah. do keep me updated. But no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, Hunter, have a good one. That's Hunter Baumgart, WJJQ. I appreciate you, man. I'm gonna have you back on. I don't know why it took me so long to ask Hunter. I was on his show on Wednesday. I was like, Hunter's been at all these games. Why don't we talk to him? Find him on Twitter, Hunter B on air. We're going to take a break, get an update from Mike Clemens. We'll keep this Packers conversation coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers practice again outdoors in frigid temperatures, getting ready for their divisional playoff against the 49ers Saturday night. Green Bay making a roster move, releasing defensive lineman Kingsley Kiki. He was a fifth-round pick back in 2019 and had the third-most snaps behind Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry in the trenches. Matt LaFleur was asked why Kiki was a healthy scratch against the Browns. Why was Kingsley Kiki inactive? Yeah, that was a total personal thing that we were going through. Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry. You know, obviously a decision was made. He's, he's not here anymore, but uh, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. 
Outside linebacker Preston Smith usually is assigned to sack the quarterback. Could that be different this week? For sure. We know these guys are going to come in and try to run the ball and be successful in the run game and try to move the ball that way and create short down and distance for them. But we know we just got to stay sound. You know, that's a focal point this week to make sure that we go out there and we stop the run and we don't allow them to get going. We know Debo's going to do his thing. The other running back is going to do his thing. And that's that's what they do to get the ball rolling for them to get the ball moving and get them in, in, in rhythm. And former Packers receiver James Jones was on the Bill Michaels show. If you're going to be a defender against them, if you're Joe Barry, what do you do? Well, no. Number one, to be honest with you, I don't think it's any scheme stuff that you're doing with the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's all effort, man. I think it's all effort. The Niners come in there, and when you really watch the Niners football game, they play harder than everybody, and it's not even close. Best Packers coverage. Thank you, Mike. Mike Clements will be here in about a half hour, 5.30. We'll connect with him for one final preview. Here for some players and coaches. A lot of people spoke to the media the last two days. Mike was sending me updates about Nathaniel Hackett and Joe Barry and Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb and all these guys. So we'll probably hear from quite a few different people tonight. Our final preview with Mike before the Packers play in the divisional round on Saturday. A couple of texts to get to here. 608-796-2558. Mike just is glad to hear Hunter. Me too. Mike says, talk more about run defense and then secondary in the second half. The way the Packers are going to defend the run Maybe this is a game where Joe Barry gets out of his element a little bit and puts a few more bodies in the box. And we talked about this with Perry yesterday, right? Joe Barry is someone that traditionally likes to keep four in the box, and that's about it. He doesn't like stacking boxes and stacking guys on the defensive front if he doesn't have to. Maybe he changes it up just a little bit this weekend, just because the Niners present a different challenger to his opponent. Maybe, or, or maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe Joe Barry just keeps on keeping on and he's going to do his same Joe Barry things. We'll have to see. Uh, text from Dean and Eau Claire. Packers fans are nervous because this is the first truly meaningful game we've had in a month. We're out of practice. I think that too. Yes, we're going absolutely insane. Get to a couple of texts here in a minute. First, let's go to the phone. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? It's Ed. Ed, where are you calling from, Ed? Where are you calling from, Ed? Madtown. Madtown. All right, nice first, to meet you, Ed. Welcome. First-timer. First-timer. Ed, before you keep going, turn your turn your radio down just a little bit. No problem, buddy. I'm going to take you out Bluetooth. That's the problem. Oh, that'll probably... I mean, you sound great. I just hear myself a little bit in the there background. There we go. Is that better? Yeah, what's going on, Ed? Well, listen, you know, I've been kind of putting a little perspective from... From you know a different angle, mm-hmm. you know if I had an order, if I you know granted we're hopefully we're going to win on Saturday, but if I had an order how I wanted to meet up because everybody's saying would you rather meet the Rams mm-hmm. or you want to rather meet Tampa Bay first? You know I would if I had my perspective, I like the setup because everybody's going all oh, the Niners, the Niners, the draw, the draw, yep. you know everything. I'd rather want to meet Brady in the championship because number one. To knock out the best, you need to, you know, I want to save that for last. Not, I want, because I really want Tampa Bay to come to Green Bay in the worst way. I, I know we had them last year, yeah. but it's different. It's different, Grant. It is. I just, it's a I, different team. I, as a fan, I, I get no extra satisfaction from that. Give me the easiest path of all bad teams. It's, I'll still take it. It still counts. Like, I, I don't need, I don't need the revenge thing, but I get a lot of fans want well, that. I feel you where you're coming from. I, I really want to take down Tampa Bay for two reasons, Brady and Brady 
And yeah. I'm just, I have a disdain for him since Flategate came around. I used to like Brady. Yeah. But when Flategate hit, I had a whole different perspective on him. But Grant, I love your show. I love your angle. I love your guests. I'm, I'm going to tune in you guys more often because I don't like our Madison afternoon shows here. Um, you, you by far are uh, by far big time for me. Oh, well, thank you, Ed. And it was nice to yeah, meet you. Yeah, you know, you're lacrosse. Yes, yes. I will, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Have a good night, Ed. Sorry, to, I didn't mean to kick you off there. Yeah, I'm I'm in lacrosse. I like hearing, we got a lot of Madison people. Ebo and, and Rowdy, they really set the table in the morning and keep people locked in. You know, Jim, Jim Rome's a scrub. No one likes Jim Rome. Everybody. <laughs> it's an all-time legend. Whatever. Yeah, Jim Rome doesn't talk about Wisconsin stuff, though. He's not always talking about the Packers all the time. So this is obviously a little bit better for us. Thank you, Ed, for the call. Mike, not in Madison, but in Monona, says, I love the J. Cole intro. Oh, that was, I, I guess we've kind of moved past that now. But yeah, you like. First things first. Rest in peace, Ted Thompson. Draft a lot of these guys. I don't know. I'm trying to rap along with J. Cole. You don't need to hear that. Tim and Menominee, last couple of years, I really didn't feel like the Packers were good enough, especially last year, considering what Tampa did to them in the regular season. This year, I really feel like they're good enough. If they can't get it done this year, I don't see how they will ever get a better shot. Y- yeah, I-, I agree. All right. It's never going to be better than this. They're never going to have a better shot, especially in back-to-back years. And I'm glad that you mentioned that game against Tampa. And I'll even throw it back one more year and talk about that game against San Fran when they were absolutely blasted off the bye on Sunday Night Football. And those games kind of put the whole season into perspective where it's like, oh, yeah, they can beat all the bad teams, but when they go up against Tampa or they go up against San Francisco, it's a different result. Bart Winkler, who was on the show last week, does his morning show as well. I heard him say this this week, and it aligns up with what you said, Tim, in Miami. Thank you for the text. So I am going to read you this quote that I wrote down for Bart. I I think all Packers fans, we need to tell ourselves this. He said, quote, If they can't get it done, that ain't on me. I'm not worrying for their failures anymore. They've got everything in front of them. I'm not taking that on. (laughs) I wrote that down. If they don't pull it off on Saturday, guess what? This isn't on me. So I'm not going to stress too much over this. And I like where you're coming from, Tim. Either they do it this year or ah, whatever. They'll figure it out. They can handle themselves. I'm not stressing over this. Let's take a break. Get an update from Zach. More Packers talk after this. Matt, how did your guys handle the cold this week? Was it cold out there, Rob? <laughs> My hands are just, I can barely type. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like Green Bay to me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. This is where we really see what we're made of here, folks. I don't have anything written down on my notes for 5 o'clock to 5.30. Now, 5.30, we're going to talk to Mike Clements. And Mike is, I mean, he's a pro's pro. He's He comes into the show, plops down. He's got a story to tell. He's got a, a coach or a player to reference. He, I mean, he's ready to go. All right. But until then, I got nothing. I got nothing written down. I got nothing prepped. I got nothing prepared. No sound that I want to play you. No number that I want to lecture you with. Nothing. So let's see what we got here. Let's see what we can come up with. 608-796-2558. You can get at me on the talk and text line. What is your level of concern for Sunday? 608-796-2558. No, anything you want to talk about. 
anything that worries you, anything that gives you confidence. I don't know if you want to talk about the weather at Lambeau Field, whatever. Whatever you want to chat about in relation to the Packers and this 49ers game, I want to talk about it with you. Get at me, 608-796-2558. You can follow me on Twitter and tweet me at Wisco Grant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Like I said, Mike Clemens up in a half hour. Big thanks to Hunter Baumgart for joining us. He's at WJJQ up in Tomahawk, and you should follow him on Twitter at Hunter B on air. Some good takes, and, you know, it was nice hearing Hunter's perspective as someone who's been at these games, speaking to the energy that's been at Lambeau and speaking to kind of the living and breathing aspect of this football team. And, I like, I'm probably like a lot of you. Maybe you go to a Packers game every year, maybe every couple of years. I, I don't go to these games to cover them. I'm not a quote-unquote journalist. That's why we have Mike. That's why we have Zach Heilprin. I sit at home, and I watch the game, and I write things down. And I go on Twitter, and I watch the press conference, and I write things down, and I save little nuggets of information here, and I come up with topics, and then we chat about them, and it's fun. I'm not boots on the ground getting scoops reporting live from Lambeau, and I did appreciate Hunter's comments on the way he thought the Packers would come out. Remember, and if you weren't listening, I'll, I'll try my best to recap, but basically what he said was, They're going to come out like a buzzsaw. That's what Hunter was talking about with Andy Herman, who was on his show the other night. Andy's going to be here next week, not to spoil, um, but Andy Herman early next week is going to join us, hopefully, to talk about a win. He seemed pretty confident that this Packers team was going to come out ready to rock. And if he has been at the stadium every week, he's been at these home games, he's got a feel for the ups and downs and the pulse of this team. If he says that confidently, then I feel confident about it as well. But for me watching at home somebody who's not at the stadium, not talking with players and experiencing this, that might be a little bit tougher for me to tell. I'm glad that Hunter added that. If you missed our conversation with Hunter, it will be in the podcast, which will go up just after 6 o'clock. A couple of tweets to get to here. Hold on. Uh, We got Zach in Wisco. Hi, Zach. What's going on? says, Debo lines up at wide receiver and running back. You mean like Ty Montgomery used to do for us? Yeah, isn't it amazing? It's funny that a player like Debo beat Mike McCarthy last week because Ty Montgomery moving to running back. I mean, that was the precursor to a Debo Samuel-like player, right? Isn't that nuts? Kind of how things come full circle. Yeah, Debo is great. I also think Devontae Adams is leagues better. More effective, more dangerous. He helps the Packers win. Like, like he, he adds more to winning football than I think Debo does, as brilliant as Debo is. And I think we're missing the point a little bit when we fawn over Debo and everything he's going to do. It's like, well, actually, Devontae Adams is better and he has a better matchup against this defense that I don't think really has a shot stopping him. Let's go to the phone, 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Mike Byers from La Crosse. Mike in La Crosse. I saw a 608 number. Now, Mike, just because you're from La Crosse, I got to ask, you're amped for Central on Alaska tonight, right? We live and die for this game in this town. Ooh. Not so much. I, I, okay. hadn't been, I, hadn't been, I hadn't been paying attention, but yeah, at risk of uh, upsetting half your listeners, I'm like, I'll put it politically correct. I do not care for on Alaska. <laughs> oh, see, we have. So there's someone, Mike, who texts this show, and he's texted the show for years because when I was only on in lacrosse, I would talk about Central and on Alaska. Like, we do segments on him, you know? And he would always text in. He would only text in to yell at me if I wasn't giving on Alaska love. And I have him saved in the computer as on Alaska fan. And he'll text me once a year, but it'll always be because I make some comment about Central or Johnny Davis or whoever. And he'll always text me and be yeah. like, 
put on Alaska. It's like, I get it. I like both teams. It's good that you have more of an allegiance. I like that. Stick to your guns. Well, they had, um, they've had some success, and, you know, America loves knocking off the guy at the top, so, yeah. you know, so to speak. So I get that, and, uh, you know, they're neighboring cities, rivalry, so that's yeah. part of it. But with me, it's been a little more personal because all my sons, my stepkids, my wives, my brothers-in-law, my sisters-in-law – all went to Central. So oh, we have a good, uh, you have a good reason. No one's going to fault you for that, Mike. Don't apologize for that. You're, you're Central, born and raised. We had a bad, bad experience with a mixed Central lacrosse soccer team a couple of seasons. So whatever. Interesting. But I called to talk about football, not football. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it, here's my feelings about Packers-Rams game. Excited, anxious, okay. eager. Worried, confident. You know, it's kind of like it's whoever the last guest is that speaks or the last person that says something. They're like, "Ooh, yeah, that's a good point." It's like, "Yep." Ooh, yeah. Out of that, it's like I got all these emotions, and you know, maybe it's part of my Texas heritage that football is king, man. Yeah. You know, and football's a, a business in Texas, and and unfortunately, it's a business at the high school level too, a big business. But and my wife doesn't really understand why I get so emotionally ingrained in, in football, but. Man, this is this this is huge this Saturday night. I can't wait. But all told, I think I'm more confident than than worried. Cool, awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate you calling. I know you text from time to time, but call back. This was nice, and I promise next time when you call in, I won't immediately force you to talk about high school sports. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stuff and having Hunter on was great, man. Can't wait to hear Mike Clemens too. He's my fave. Yeah, so. Mike's coming up at five thirty. Thanks, Mike. Have a good night. And I know Mike is uh, cheering for Central. I get really amped over Central on Alaska basketball. Such a fun game. There's two of them every year, and then they normally meet up in the playoffs, and it's and it's a blast. Yeah, high school sports can be quite political. It's really it's really a jungle. Parents who want to defend their kids. You know, every kid is amazing. Why aren't they playing? And then the it's very catty. It's very clicky. Even down in like middle school, elementary school level of of youth sports, it's nuts. But yeah, Mike, no one's gonna fault you for. Being a Central guy, if all your family went to Central, you're a, you're a Red Raider slash Riverhawk, born and through. You're not a Hilltopper. That's fine. Don't apologize for being you, Mike. Thank you for the call. Kelly says, honestly, the thing that worries me is Mason Crosby missing a field goal. That makes the difference for us. See, Kelly, you're not wrong. Here's what I will add to that. Here's what hopefully I can say to make you feel a little bit better. Again, the biggest factor in this game is Aaron Rodgers. I think the next biggest is Matt LaFleur. The next is Devontae Adams. If Rodgers shows up from the start and is sharp, and if Matt LaFleur shows up from the, sh- the start and is sharp right from the get-go, I don't think a missed field goal is going to kill him. In fact, I'm pretty sure it won't. And, and we talked about this on Monday with the Cowboys. A football game is 60 minutes long. There's a huge margin for error over four quarters. So the better team, the favorite team, the Packers, they are gifted this long game with lots of possessions, lots of plays, to overcome for noisy things like a missed field goal or a penalty. There's a lot of time and space within a game to overcome things like that. The problem happens when the Packers don't show up for the first quarter and they're down 7 to nothing or 10 to nothing, right? Well, now all of a sudden, a mixed field goal or a missed field goal, excuse me, it can kill you. But if they just take care of their business from the jump, I, I don't, I, one field goal here and there, one play here and there, I'm, no, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. A couple of texts here, Jason and on Alaska. Ooh. Oh, okay, Jason, I'm glad you're, I thought I was going to yell that. He says, thanks for giving the game a mention. I will absolutely be at the game tonight. Go on Alaska. So here, really quickly, and I see you, David, on the phone. I'll get you. Give me 30 seconds. So if you don't know about this rivalry, 
I retweeted an awesome article at Wisco Grant. If you're in Eau Claire, maybe you're in uh, Madison or you're anywhere and you're listening. Go read that article. I retweeted at Wisco Grant. Uh, it is Eric Lee of the Trib. He's awesome. He's all over the local beat. But also, uh, go to WKTYsports.com. That's our lacrosse affiliates website. We, we'll carry this game. You'll hear Drew Kelly, who's on the call. You'll see the scoreboard. You see all the graphics. Like, it's it's feels like you're watching a legit game, uh, and it's it's really, really fun. So even if you're not in town and you just want to experience some great basketball, tune in and watch that game tonight, WKTYsports.com. All right, David, what's going on? Let, let's stick to Packers here. I, I keep getting off topic. What's going on today? Welcome. Okay, well, I'm putting it on you. you got a show tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm, I do. Well, I think you need to find a way to exercise the demons. I think you can either find a witch doctor, you know, Eye of Newt, yeah. whatever it is, and you can throw all these previous games, 4th and 26, the screw-up at Seattle with the onside kick, all of these games where we had a terrible result at the end of the season, and somehow you got to find a way to vanquish those. Okay, so, so yeah, David, I love, for, from a content perspective, this could be an amazing segment. Let me run something by you. You tell me if this is insensitive or if this would be funny, okay? The, the Diocese yeah. of La Crosse, the headquarter of the Catholic Diocese, is in La Crosse. It's not far from where I'm sitting. What if I sent an email? <laughs> I sent him an email. I was like, hey, could you send a priest? It doesn't even have to be a well-known one. You can send one of the seminarians. Send him to Midwest Family. We, we want him to come in and bless the studio. Do you think they would get that and be like, wow, that's funny. That would make for a good story. Or do you think they would read that and, and be be like frustrated? Like, oh, you're making a mockery of the Catholic religion. Like, wh- wh- where, where does that land for you? Well, I was going exorcism, which, of course, is also very big in the Catholic Church. And if you're going to do an exorcism, you can find on the Internet the kinds of things that you need to have to be prepared. For example... One of the things you need is a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. in case somebody spontaneously combusts because you're getting rid of the devil. So, you know, you, you work this out, but I think we got to find a way to make these demons of those playoff games over the last, I don't know how many years it is. Uh, uh, I think it goes back, actually, before Rodgers, when we had Favre, we had a couple of games mm-hmm. that were demons. That we, I mean, do you remember the game in Philadelphia where it was 4th and 26 oh. and Donovan McNabb had to throw a pass and otherwise we had the game in the bag? Uh, see, I don't like to think about these things. Now I think we do need a priest. I think I might have to send that email. Well, you need to talk or find a witch doctor. You know, Madison is... So left wing. I think there might be a whole set of witch doctors you can find here. <laughs> we need to we need to go more liberal. That's it. We need to go uh, Eastern medicine. I'm with that. See, and I love I love the idea of this. I'm not sure how I want to execute this segment tomorrow, David, but I love the idea, and I'm most certainly going to do something with it. Out of the box, you know. You're always out of the box. It's great. I'm gonna try. Thank you, David. Have a good night. Take care. You too. <laughs> Take care. That's David. I. And I need more feedback on this. Is this a horrendous idea where I send an email to the Diocese of La Crosse? By the way, I'm born and raised Catholic, so I'm not mocking someone else's religion. And I'm not mocking religion, period. But what if you worked at the Diocese of La Crosse? You are uh, you're a priest or, you know, let's say is the bishop's email. Bishop Callahan, is that somewhere available? And I just send him an email. I say, hey, look, all right, 
I'm a man of God, like Tom Brenneman, right? And there's a swing and a drive to left field, right? But no, I, I say, hey, we want a religious official. It doesn't have to be a high-ranking one. It doesn't have to be a bishop or a cardinal. Just send us someone who's qualified. Send it someone who's gone through the seminary, has taken their vows and, and, and their holy order. Bring them in, and, and I, I just want to talk to him on the show. I want to talk to him about maybe a prayer or something we could, symbolic. Obviously, you know, we're not going to, you know, cast religious magic onto sports. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, like, would that be funny? Would that be a good segment? Keep in mind that behind the scenes, I never tell you guys about this, but I'm always trying to think of fun guests that are outside the box. Back in November, when we were talking about the Edmund Fitzgerald, remember that week? That was an amazing week. I reached out to people who worked. Like, I emailed people at Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech. I was like, hey, who who searches shipwrecks here? You got to have a professor in in the biology department that goes out on boats and looks at shipwrecks. Give me someone. I need a show guest. And I couldn't make it happen. I tried. I really did. I feel like this might be along those same lines. There's got to be emails on the diocese website. Maybe they have more. They probably have bigger, more important things to do. Although the Christmas season just ended and we do have a while until Lent. So maybe this is their, maybe this is their slow season. I'd. You know, pardon me, I don't know exactly how the uh, behind the scenes in the, the diocese looks. Um, let's see here. Firefighter Greg, maybe you could get Priest Holmes. See, there's a compromise. There, we, we go a little religious, just a little funny, but then we also, you know, we work the sports in with Priest Holmes. I like that response, Firefighter Greg. Thank you. Brett Lacrosse simply says, I'm ordained. Well, what kind of ordained? You know, like you can marry people. There's... Levels to being ordained, Brett. You can marry someone. Can you carry out the sacraments? You know, I, I just, I, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. You can text me and call me, tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. We're going to talk about whatever we're talking about. Let's get off the Catholic thing. Maybe I'll send an email. Maybe I won't. We'll talk more about Devontae Adams, how I think his impact on this game is going to be huge. And yet no one's talking about it. We'll do that coming up next. Mike Clemens coming up in about 15 minutes as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Mike Clemens going to be here in about 10 minutes. Bill Michaels' huddle starts up at 6 tonight. I believe I will be on that award-winning program, the Bill Michaels' huddle, at least according to Ben Kenny. He messaged me and said, 6.35. Hey, yeah, 6.35. I'll be on the Bill Michaels' huddle tonight <laughs> with Ben and Bill. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. You can text and call me, 608-796-2558. A couple of references to Major League. If you're just joining us, David suggested that we perform some sort of ritual tomorrow. You know, he suggested maybe a witch doctor. Maybe we'd have to call Madison. You know, lean a little bit more left in that part of the state. Maybe we could find someone. I said I could email the Diocese of Lacrosse. Let's get a priest. Let's get the bishop. Maybe he's not busy tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe Callahan's a, a really big Packers fan. Maybe he'd come on. I don't know. I was looking at their website. They do have a couple people I could reach out to. I'll, I'll think more about that. I'll, I'll, I'll pray on that. A couple of people saying we need to get Pedro Serrano and a live chicken. Got a tweet from Middle Dweller, too, about Joe Boo with the candles. Surprised Big Joe isn't all over this. Big Joe is our resident Major League expert. Phone hasn't moved. First mention of Major League or Serrano or keeping bats warm. Normally, Big Joe's, you know, hot on the hot on the trail, but no such call. Sorry, Big Joe. It's your day. You must be busy. 
Todd texts in and says, hey, Grant, you think priests in Green Bay didn't try to help Lombardi? You went to church every day before games. Yes. It's right back in the day. Same with uh, Reggie White. How do you think Reggie White got to Green Bay? God told him to go. Picked up the phone. It was God speaking. Right? Ron Wolf, you, you genius. JB in Eau Claire says, all the pundits are talking about the Niners players now because they know they'll be able to talk the Packers players next week. Wow, JB. That's a really good take. And I, I, I get that. I get that. If they talk about everybody this week, who are they going to talk about next week? That is... <laughs> oh, JB's just on another plane of thinking right now. I think that's a good take. We're all talking about Debo this week. Debo's so great. And Debo lines up at running back and wide receiver. God, my simple brain can't even wrap, you know, wrap itself around that idea. Demonte Adams is better. Talked about this back at 420 when we concluded the NBA lounge. Talked about this with Hunter. I, I find it a little strange and a little frustrating that we're all obsessing and fawning over Debo when Devontae Adams is better. And the matchup that Devontae Adams has against the 49ers secondary is better than the matchup that Debo has against the Packers. Devontae Adams carved up this defense. This was weeks ago. Really, I think, before Adams or Aaron Rodgers really even hit their stride. I I just kind of laugh at the idea that this game will be shaped by the 49ers offense dominating Green Bay's defense and not the other way around. I suppose it could happen, sure, but I don't think it's likely, at least not as likely as the Packers' offense marching up and down the field, controlling this game, and really winning it going away. Peter Bukowski, who does Lockdown Packers podcast, Peter drives me up a wall on Twitter, but he did make a good point. Broken clocks right every once in a while, I guess. He tweeted today, the 49ers have scored 30 points six times this season. The Packers have scored 30 six times since week 11. I think the Packers offense, I don't think, I know, the Packers offense is going to be the engine of this game. Devontae Adams is going to be the engine of this game. Do you know, here's a good way of looking at it. Think back to the 2016 NFC Championship game, right? I say 2016 NFC Championship game, what do you say? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Maybe after Aaron Ripkowski fumble. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that comes to your mind first. The next thing we think about, if not the first thing we think about, is Ladarius Gunter trying to cover Julio Jones and how helpless that was and pointless and how nothing else really mattered from that game. Right? Because when Ladarius Gunter can't check Julio Jones, it doesn't really matter if the Packers' defense can stop the run. It doesn't really matter if the Packers' offense can score. Because they can always go to Julio, and it will always work. If the Packers get the Falcons in a third down by some stroke of God, divine intervention, which is the theme of today's show, well, then they'll just throw to Julio. He can get open. Fourth down, just throw to Julio. He'll get open. Red zone, go to Julio. He'll score. Doesn't matter if you can rush a passer. Julio will get open too quick. Doesn't matter if you can stop the run. They don't need to run. Just throw to Julio. Because no one can guard him. Right? When you have that sizable of a mismatch between a stud wide receiver and a stud corner, everything else kind of becomes secondary. And the 49ers just have no one, no one who can check Adams. Either they commit their entire defense to doing it, or Adams is going to be open all night long. At home, playing in the elements he's familiar with, with the quarterback he's obviously really familiar with. That controls this game. Not Debo. Not Kittle. Although I like Debo, and I like Kittle, and I like Ayuk. 
but this game to me is about Devontae Adams. And if Aaron Rodgers and this offense walks away not doing enough because they got off to a slow start or they failed in big moments, well, then you're just doing this wrong. Because Devontae Adams is going to be able to get open whenever he wants. We've talked about this the last couple of years. In a matchup like this, the rules change a little bit. The strategy changes a little bit. On third down, you know that you can go to Adams. You need to be able to make that work. On fourth down, you know we should go for it because Devontae Adams will be able to get open because no one will be able to check him. So in the red zone, on third down, on fourth down, this team has such an ace up their sleeve. I just, I really don't, I don't see how it doesn't work out for them. I don't see how they don't put up points. And again, and I've said this since Monday, if from the jump in this game, the Packers come out and they put up points and they score and Lafleur and Rodgers are on their game from the opening minute of this game, then I don't think anything else really matters. Special teams might not be pretty and the defense might not be perfect, but if the Packers offense does their job, I just, I think the rest of this is secondary. Firefighter Greg says the engine of the game may be the 49ers front four getting pressure. But again, this it comes back to Devontae Adams. They can pressure Aaron Rodgers all they want. If the ball comes out quickly because Adams is so open, the pass rush really doesn't matter. That's why the Packers were good in Arizona. They were good against the Rams. They were good against the Niners the first time around, even with the depleted offensive line. Because if your wide receivers can get open right away, it doesn't matter. That's how you negate the effect of Aaron Donald or Bosa, right? Or whatever else pass rusher that the Niners can wheel out. You know, they have Javon Kinlaw. They don't have... um, Who's the guy who now plays? DeForest Buckner. That's a huge loss for them compared to two years ago in 2019. Everything revolves around Adams. If Adams can get open routinely and open quickly, that minimizes the pass rush. It it minimizes everything. It gives the Packers so much control. It's like they have a trump card. It's like they have a cheat code. And if they're not able to win this game with that cheat code in their pocket, I, I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this team. Let's take a break. We'll get Mike Clemens on the horn. Preview Packers 49ers with Mike coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, Matt, how did your guys handle the cold this week? And was there anything that you normally would have done outside that you just decided to move indoors just because of the cold? Was it cold out there, Rob? My hands are just, I can barely type. Uh, I don't know. It felt like Norm, it felt like Green Bay to me. Tom Silverstein? I'm not accepting that answer. I'm sorry. What, was it cold for you, Tom? No, I wasn't out there, so. <laughs> it wasn't bad you, you look nice and comfortable in, in your house. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I don't know. We'll just have to see uh, see how I'm feeling game time. I definitely will will have some layers on. You know, I, I always joke with these guys that I don't get the chance when we're making corrections on offense or on defense to go sit on those heated benches. Wisco Sports Show. That's Matt LaFleur going back and forth, obviously, with a couple reporters today about the temps. Now, Mike Clements. Mike Clements is joining us now. Uh, Mike, you weren't cold, right? You were laughing when Rob Domofsky talked about how his fingers, you could barely type. You were pfft, you were born for this, right? You weren't cold today. Tell me that, right? Uh, no, because it was pretty nasty out there yesterday. Damn. Yeah, it was It was painful even this morning walking into work. And I'm pretty tough with the cold. Like, I don't mind it, but this week has been nasty. I, I don't fault... Uh, I don't fault Rob Demosky, but it's funny. That's a good Green Bay answer from Matt LaFleur. That's solid. Honest to God, um, there was an incident when 
the the Packers won Super Bowl forty five, which by the way sucked. Yeah. In terms of as a fan event, they had ice storms. The temperatures were sixteen degrees. We got twenty two inches of snow on that Thursday before the game. You know, on that week, was it ten years ago? I guess, mm-hmm. um, but or eleven years ago. But uh, there's these ice icicles, and I mean thick, dangerous stuff everywhere. They don't have any equipment down there, so it was all freezing. And then we come back to Green Bay and have the parade uh, for the champions, for the you know the Packers bringing back the trophy with Rodgers and McCarthy and Ted. Yeah. And then we go into Lambeau Field, and about sixty thousand came to stand out there in the cold for a presentation and the players to say thank you, kind of a pep rally thing. And it was three or four, and we were out there for two or three hours. And I know this sounds silly, particularly the people who have to work outside, like in construction and all. Yeah. But whatever, um, I I grabbed a microphone barehanded, and I've still got pain in this one finger. Really? <laughs> because of the frostbite I got from it. And it, and it's just like what Rob was saying. How do they throw the football around in this stuff? This I don't is know. crazy. I don't know. That's what I think. Every time I go ice fishing and it's really cold and I'm walking around with my boots, I'm like, I don't know how anyone would ever play a football game, run around and jump and actually hit each other. It, it blows me away. And I live and here. And I, lo- I love playing, like, flag footballs on a flag football team in college. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. big enough to, to get a scholarship. I played high school football. But, you know, we played in a snow bowl. You know, you love playing out in the snow. And But I remember the last time I really played in a serious you know, officiated game. I was like 28 years old, and I, I, for the first time, pulled a hamstring playing quarterback and rolling out. Yeah. And I thought, how do these guys do it at 35? How do they, how do they put on these pads and hit each other? Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty intense. And now they're doing it with 18 game seasons. So today, Grant, we've we're, let's talk about the offensive line because I think this is critical to uh, what. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers thinks is going to happen uh, for this game. David Bakhtiari uh, did not practice today. What does that What does that say to you? Well, today wasn't well, today technically Friday, which is the designation yeah. that typically tells us for the game. I the fact which that means you, you should be a hundred percent and ready to run yeah. through, you know, practically walk through. I don't feel great. It doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> so they designated him as questionable. Uh, and all the floor would say is, you know, it's it's a day to day thing. We'll see how he is Saturday, and whether or not he wants to go Saturday night. And it it it's the the story has changed from what I think the trainers are, you know, holding him off the field to it's more like from when we talked to Bakhtiari last week, it's more like uh, no, you know, the, the the player is making these decisions. The mm-hmm. player doesn't want to go through this again, and he wants to feel a hundred percent out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Devondre Campbell uh, has been out with an, an elbow or at some time, but he's full participation. Aaron Jones at running back, uh, full participation all, all week after having a knee for the last several weeks that uh, was bothering him. Billy Turner should be in at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Full participation, no designation. Marquez Valdez-Scantling and wide receiver, doubtful. He injured his back against the Lions. He tried to get out there Tuesday but did not practice yesterday or to, or, or or today, so it looks like he's not going to be available out there to you know run deep and try and draw the safeties and open up the short passing game for Devontae Adams over the middle. Over in San Francisco, we just got this in that uh, for the 49ers, Nick Bosa concussion, full participation today in practice. 
listed as questionable for Sunday night or Saturday night. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, full participation, no designation. That means he will play. He will start despite the thumb injury and the sprained shoulder that he suffered against uh, the Cowboys. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's uh, been was limited earlier in the week with a knee that he banged up in Dallas, but he'll be ready to go. And Fred Warner, you know, their smartest defensive captain out there, uh, full participation today. He's a full go despite dealing with that uh, sprained ankle. So the 49ers are going to get their guys on the field. Um, in terms of Jair Alexander for the Packers, uh, you know, it's 50-50. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did not play. And uh, Whitney Merciless, you know, who had the torn bicep. See, so it's kind of like we talked about last week. You know, they brought out seven guys that had missed several weeks, and most of them, you know, five or six out of the seven, that you know, they got these players out of the training room, let them trot around the field. But now, when you get to the you know to crunch time, they're basically saying you're not ready to go into a division game. Yeah. You know, you're not ready to play the 49ers. Yeah. And so. I think that's what those decisions are going to be. Yeah. Damn. So we might have to wait on both of those guys. Maybe. Bakhtiari's just taking it slow. I think he's really confident in his ability to play with limited practice. We heard that last week, but you got to be able to practice a little bit. This week didn't make me feel good about that. I'm with you. So, you know, can Yash Nyman deal with Armstead? And, you know, I think Yash got some of those snaps in the first 49ers game. Yep. Um, so we'll find out. So then there's this other kind of drama where – you know, we've been talking to these guys for the last week or two, coming off their bye. And Devontae, you know, yesterday talking about how he and Mercedes Lewis, the tight end, have become such close friends. And I talked about how these players were helping each other out in Detroit, even though half of them were resting. Like you'd see Aaron Jones, you know, helping out Patrick Taylor, the third string running back. Like, here's what I see in the field, and here's what you should do in the next drive. Mm-hmm. You know, players helping each other out, not just wandering around and goofing off. They're all into the game and, and helping uh, each other out. So you think that you know things are really good in that locker room, and then all of a sudden you get word about a half hour, like we talked about in yesterday's show, uh, there's going to be a roster change. And then you think, could that be Kingsley Kiki? Because two or three weeks ago, suddenly he was inactive on Christmas Day for the Browns game, like a healthy inactive. And sure enough, that's the guy that they cut. And so today we asked LaFleur, Why'd you guys get rid of Kingsley Kiki? Yeah, I'd rather not get into that one too much. I just, you know, um, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions. And, you know, we're very appreciative of everything that he brought to this team. And we wish him well. Um, You know, I'm sure he's going to get another opportunity somewhere. And, you know, I hope he takes advantage of it and, and wish him well. I can't, it blew me away. I, I thought Matt LaFleur was about to give us the detailed breakdown of what happened. He said, eh, you know, I don't want to get into it. That, that sounds about right. What a weird scenario, but I, I would imagine by Saturday we'll be all past it and probably not going to think about Kiki too much. Without speculating on what happened, yeah. it just says the player, something happened with the player, probably an incident mm-hmm. or two. And, you know, the times over the years that we've talked to Kiki, he was a fifth-round pick in 2019 out of Texas A&M. Good kid, big kid, a kid that uh, Kenny Clark says, yeah, he's, he's coming along. He's the help that I need. You know, he's a draft pick, and he's, he's, he's making progress so that maybe I can take a rest on some of these snaps, and he can play nose tackle. Yeah. And there's times where Clark was out of the game, and Kiki stepped up and made some, you know, got into the backfield, got his, uh, you know, got his hand on a football. 
But then all of a sudden, his production did seem to drop off. He'd had an injury earlier in the year. I think it was a hamstring. But, you know, his last month as a Green Bay Packer was had a concussion, came off of that, um, then got benched, you know, inactive. Uh, then they called it an illness when they didn't play him at all against the Lions. And so something changed. And the LaFleur said, yeah, it's a personal matter. You know, we're dealing with it. And I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised that it, it ended that way. He seemed like a nice kid, but obviously he was not meeting his marks. He was not living up to his obligations in whatever way. Yeah. So they cut him. And, that, you know, that makes for the – one of the things is I can think of is that if they kept him through this week, through yesterday, maybe that means he gets, you know, all of his checks for the year. Sure. You know, to fill out. But they're done with him. They're, you know, yeah. somebody wants him out of, the, out of that place, the and they're done with him. Yeah. Yeah. So one guy – I think it was interesting. This is an interesting story. It's last week we were talking to Bakhtiari and said, so, you know, what went into the decision for you to finally get on the field and play those 27 snaps, about four drives? He actually left in the middle of the fourth drive mm-hmm. in the lines. Like he said, that's it. I'm done. I'm fatigued. You know, I don't want to push it. That, you know, I feel good. I said, well, what, what prompted you to go to into this Lions game, uh, you know, and how you feel? He said, Aaron Rodgers, you know, nudged us. Aaron Rodgers told me and the rookie center, Josh Myers, who suffered that knee injury in the opening drive in Chicago against the Bears week six, said, you guys should get out there and get some work in against the Lions instead of going cold for whoever we're going to play in round one of the division. So it was that, you know, Rodgers pushing the Bakhtiari and Josh Myers took over at center. And that, you know, that kicked out Lucas Patrick, who'd been filling in the last 10, 11 weeks. So I asked LaFleur today, I said, so that's interesting that Aaron Rodgers, Mr. I want to work with veterans, that he endorses, basically. He mm-hmm. wants Josh Myers over center to snap the ball to him in this first playoff game against this tough defensive line from the 49ers uh, instead of veteran Lucas Patrick. What does that say about Josh Myers? He kind of took the reins day one when we, when we uh, got him in here, and I think he's done an outstanding job. Certainly he's a young player, and there's a lot of room for, for growth with him. But, you know, he, he is a guy that you could see it in that first meeting, just his ability to stand up in front of the group and be composed and, you know, take control of the situation. It was really, really impressive. That just showed us that he is, although he's a young player, he's very mature for for his age and his his experience at this level and um i thought he's done a great job communicating certainly he, he's learned a lot throughout the course of the year obviously not ideal to have him miss an extended period of time but i feel like he's he's done a great job and and really battling back from you know a, a lot of guys it might have ended their season but he's he's just wired the right way he works his tail off each and every day you know, we're excited about just how far he's come and and just where he could eventually become as a player as well. So is Lucas Patrick not as – I mean, what is Lucas Patrick lacking that Josh Myers has? Because as a rookie, you know I think, not a lot of experience. You know, I think yeah. Help me with you know that. what I think is going on, Grant? What's that? Is that they also wanted to yank the rookie right guard, uh, Royce Newman. Oh, uh, okay. So you move you right move Patrick over to guard, and then it's you, really Royce Newman. I, I got you. you That's yeah. Right. You move your center, Lucas, over to right guard. You get Josh Myers up and ready because he was doing a nice job, you know, like LaFleur said. And that's that's why they made that move. All right. That makes more sense. That makes sense. I feel. 
All right. Yeah. Thank you for helping me understand that. Because it, it, like, we got to rush this guy out who's been good all year so we can get a rookie back in. I get, I don't know. They're probably pretty similar. But if you can move a good offensive lineman over to the guard spot, then it makes total sense. So Randall Cobb's going to play. And we asked him, you know, he's get those four catches and the touchdown. Looks like the old Randall Cobb in the game against the Rams. Uh, at Lambeau Field about eight weeks ago, and then just before the half, after he scores that touchdown, there's celebrations. He walks into the locker room and doesn't come back. He ends up having core muscle surgery, and somehow he's back on the field just eight weeks later, and we asked him what happened on that play. It was on a touchdown. Um, whenever I caught the ball, I was I had my back turned. I was spinning into the end zone, and uh, I got hit by one of the Rams linebackers. And as soon as I got hit, I felt I felt something pop or tear. I didn't know what it was. And then Tay and uh, Lazaro was pushing me back and forth. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Something ain't right. Uh, And as I was jogging off the sideline, I I told one of our trainers, uh, like, I I don't know what happened, but something, something pop. I felt something pop. And uh, I think it was right before two minute drive. So I just stayed on the sideline for that two minute drive. And then we got to the locker room and they examined me and I, I really didn't have any strength in uh, being able to lift up my leg. Uh, so, so uh, I got a scan the next day and we, we found out that I had a, um, my rectus and my adductors had, uh, I had popped both of those. Oh, Randall Cobb always, he always suffers these really bad injuries on just dumb kind of things. Like remember when that microphone that he wore, in Atlanta a couple of years yeah. ago, punctured his lung. He's just had right. bad luck. Against the Cardinals. Yeah, right. So, you know, after that happened, they went into their bye. Bakhtiari posts this video of Bakhtiari leading Aaron Rodgers, like, into a house or a room. Mm-hmm. And out of the dark, jumps Randall Cobb, goes, boo. You know, he scares Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> just scares the, the crap out of him. And I, I played the video of that because when I, when I saw it, I thought, well, Randall must be okay if he's j- dancing around and right. you know jumping out behind chairs and stuff like that. To four or five days after that Rams game, here's the audio from that video. <laughs> I, I hope you would. I'm a big stuff, dude. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember at the time, Mike, you pointing that out, and you're like, "Well, he's jumping around in this video. He must be good." And you turned out to be right. He's going to be back, and he's going to play on Saturday. So I asked Randall, yeah, what was the deal with that video that Bakhtiari posted during the bye week and you jumping out to scare Aaron Rodgers? Scaring Aaron? Yeah, that was actually, that was an old video. I actually, I should have made a compilation because I got a bunch of them. Uh, I, I, I get him all the time. I get him all the time, whether we're in a facility. Uh, that was actually, I think, in the hotel room uh, before the Jacksonville game. Yeah, so I, I get him pretty good all the time. Maybe that's how he broke his toe. He was jumping around from Randall Cobb <laughs> scaring him. And, and Rodgers yeah. won't say it because he wants to protect Randall Cobb. Wow. Good point. Wow. So I asked this to Aaron Rodgers um, because uh, this after Derek Carr led the Raiders in that crazy game week 18 over the Chargers to get the Raiders you know, into a playoff game, he went to Michelle Trefoy and said, you know what, i got to thank Aaron Rodgers for that text he sent me today. That's how I got through this clutch pressure cooker situation tonight. So I said, hey, Aaron, Derek gave you this, you know, shout out. Apparently you gave him some words of encouragement. Or, and Aaron is obviously, as you've heard, he has spent the last two or three years talking about pressure, dealing with the mental side of this game, maybe, you know, the ups and the downs, the emotion of it. 
I said, uh, um, you know, t- tell me about uh, what your routine is like these days to put you in the right mind frame to play in these pressure pack games. Well, I don't want to take any more credit uh, for Derek's success. I sent him a few text messages uh, because we are friends, um, and I just want to send him a couple of encouraging messages. He's, you know, been close to the playoffs, hadn't made it yet, and uh, I just enjoy uh, his personality and his friendship. So I was surprised that he mentioned it afterwards, but I, I do appreciate his friendship. Um, for me, during before a game, it's very uh, kind of just in my own uh, world. Uh, there's some music going on locker room, uh, thanks to my. Uh, post noise canceling headphones i'm able to kind of drown the majority of it out even though it nice. is kind of pumping pretty loud um, and my music is usually uh, some sort of uh, either acoustic guitar or piano or instrumental uh, selection uh, i just like to kind of get in my uh, focused zen uh, mindset where I'm working on my breathing I'm trying to slow my heart rate uh, it's kind of a process I like to go through and then once we get within an hour of the game that's when you know I'm getting stretched I'm getting ready for the game I'm taking last looks at my uh, you know first thoughts and the you know the wristband to make sure I have a familiarity with that but the entire time you know I'm trying to do things to calm my mind calm my heart rate uh, work on my breathing, uh, think about the reactions I want, the instincts that, uh, you know, I'm asking to take over at certain times. And then look for those guys in the locker room that may need a word or a, a hand or some sort of energetic passing of uh, relaxation or confidence. And that's part of part of the pregame as well. But, uh, but, yeah, I try and be, you know, the most calm person in the locker room. People are looking at the quarterback all the time. And everybody has a role. There's guys that need to be energy guys. I need to look over and see Rashawn Gary doing his thing. John Coon forever was the guy that would take out the big green band and be doing his biceps, you know, curls before the game to make sure his arms look good for TV. And, uh, you know, Josh sitting to be puking in the bathroom. And, uh, you know, Dave is, you know, yelling obscenities in the corner. And whoever it might be, there's certain guys you kind of need those preams. I could look over and see. You know, Devante super focused. I can see Rashawn getting pumped up. I can, I can feel Sav and 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 Smash ready for the game. I can look over and see Dave about to lose his mind, um, in a good way. And then I can know that you know my role is to be the focused, uh, you know, relaxed guy over there, letting guys know we're going to be okay and, and let's be confident. That's a pretty cool breakdown of the scene before the game, and he's obviously speaking to all these different personalities. Like, yeah, of course, Josh sitting threw up before games. Like, of course. It was kind of a cool answer that you got, Mike, of him to paint a picture of what it looks like pregame. And it shows what Aaron Rodgers has been since as a teenager, man. The guy is yeah. always surveying the room, seeing what's going on around him, trying to figure out how to sort of move the pieces on the chessboard yeah. to try and you know have the, the advantage. All right, Mike, I got to run. I hate to wrap up so quickly, but enjoy the game this weekend, and hopefully we're talking about a win next Tuesday. Thank you, Grant. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, have a good night. That's Mike Clemens on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.